Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Double Jumper Radio. As always, I'm your host, Apia, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, John. John, how are you, my friend? I'm pretty good. Um, been playing games. How long has it been? Like, I think it's been about a month or so. About that. Yeah, I think it's been um, like at least three weeks, I think. Yeah, it's <laughs> been a little bit. So, um, I've been playing games, mostly. I don't think... I, I don't know. It's like, I think my time's been very... Um, What's the word? Like scattered. <laughs> Hasn't been very focused lately. Um, so, <laughs> That's all right. yeah, we'll see what I have to talk about later. Um, what about you? Yeah, no, um, I've uh, been uh, trying to play some games, but honestly, it's been, uh, it's been, it's been tough trying to find the, the time to fit like games in. But, you know, same old playing lots of Destiny again. always the Um, way isn't it coming towards the end of the season so there's some like some narrative implications for like basically with destiny every week of a um every week of a season there's like there's like a, a standard seasonal activity that you kind of like you repeat like you know you just play the same activity again and again and you get points and you can upgrade different weapons that are unique to that season. But then on top of that, there's actually uh, like a, a narrative throughout the season. And every week, there's a there's a, there's another step of a mission that involves you doing different things. And then you mm. get another piece of the narrative and it's um, unfolding. So it's it's been... Um, I'd say this one's been like really, really kind of intriguing, mm. which I think is like really good. So hopefully that kind of continues... Uh, over the next next year with the following the release of Lightfall in March March okay I was about to ask yeah yeah I think it's um yeah 1st of March for us 28th of February kind of around the world oh yeah okay yeah that that should be a lot of fun they just um Bungie just dropped a huge kind of uh like news update today or today as of this recording that kind of bre- breaks down like a huge overhaul of the the loot the character loadout system uh, like the builds and, and everything like that so uh some of the youtubers are like oh this is like this is the equivalent of a destiny 3 i'm like okay i'll i'll, I'll <laughs> calm yeah, down I'll, folks <laughs> yeah I, yeah i was gonna say it's unless yeah I, I'll, I'll hold my judgment until like i actually get to play it and see how it rolls out so, okay. Well, are you pretty excited for Lightfall overall, or are you bit in the middle? Um, um, I guess like I think I've learned to be cautiously optimistic. Right. <laughs> but the thing about Destiny is like even even for like a year, like like for a year of content with the like the main DLC and all the seasons, like I think it's like about hundred. I think the retail is about one hundred and fifty, and it's frequently on sale for about one hundred and twenty. So. Like if you actually think about it, it's it's not unreasonable compared to like other games. If if obviously you're playing all the content, if if you're like not playing it, don't don't get it. But mm. I guess um, there's a new location coming out uh, for uh, that's set on the I think it's set on Neptune. Yeah, and it's like there's and and like. 
previously undiscovered city that is kind of like cyberpunk. It think it's like like a future Tokyo, but on Neptune, and it's got like its own like kind of branch of humanity that developed independently. Okay, is the, the current the solar system are the current story beats that the game's going through like leading up to Lightfall, or is it just kind of its own thing? Um, so not for this season's one, but ah. the story that was kind of flowed from the Witch Queen, which was the main. I guess the main expansion that kicks off that kicked off this year of Destiny 2 content that came out last March. So yes, yeah, so it kind of flows on from that because the the main bads, the main villains, like basically what's happening right now is that we're now coming face to face with the villains behind the other villains from previous <laughs> Destiny years. Some kind of shit, isn't it? <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much, um, but the main thing is there's going to be a new, new type of uh, subclass called Strand, which yeah. is basically where we're going to get grappling hooks and like, f- like pretty much flying and all sorts of weird. Like if you're a warlock, which is kind of the the mage character equivalent, you can actually summon creatures to fight alongside you and stuff. So it's it's a pretty big change from, for for from standard destiny the other thing is also i believe there's a new type of there's a new enemy type which we haven't had since which we realistically we haven't had since um beyond light oh no since uh forsaken which came out in like 2000 i think 15 or 16 like it's been a while yeah no no sorry no because destiny 2 came out 2017 so i think that was like 2018 was like um 2018 i think was uh destiny 2 uh forsaken right so it's it's been quite a while yeah been holding out for something genuinely new i guess yeah (laughs) yes yes um but yeah that's that's um that's kind of what i've been oh my god I've kind of like transitioned us into the chit chat very early on, but <laughs> hey, any excuse to talk about destiny? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, I guess uh, why don't we kick things off and talk about the news over this past, I guess, couple of weeks now. So our first news story this week is uh, kind of made up of a couple of smaller items. Uh, I don't even know how to introduce this. Basically, it seems like everything's... It seems like things are on fire at Ubisoft right now. <laughs> yeah. I know it's it's been a while since we talked about Ubisoft. I think the last time we spoke about them was last year with some of the... I guess the things coming out of Activision Blizzard King... And then relating that back to, you know, the workplace culture allegations from Ubisoft mm. and the, I don't know, I, I guess we weren't exactly thrilled with the way the, the Gimo kind of leadership, you know, kind of took the, the, the results of the investigation that they did internally. But yeah. And as a publisher, this, uh, they've been yeah. very, um, as a publisher, they've been very quiet too for last yes. year. Like, yeah, not much to talk about, basically, aside from the bad stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, like, they haven't had any r- new, 
any like major new releases besides I think last year was uh, Mario and Rabbids. Yeah, which we'll get to actually. Yeah. But, um, so yeah. So the the first bit of news that happened uh, late last week uh, was that Ubisoft released its um, latest quarterly financial earnings report, and in it, it actually talked about uh, how it had a very disappointing, uh, I guess, financial year so far, and that it actually had to cancel three uh, unannounced projects uh, as part of as part of the, I guess the the consequences of of the financial downturn. So it's uh, it wasn't we didn't really get much information about where what franchises or what genres these games were in, um, but uh, safe to say that Skull and Bones is not affected because that's actually been delayed from. Uh, quote early 2023 to 2024 so it's uh six times a charm i think with with that game there <laughs> yeah now we'll be excited for it yeah and uh a, a kind of a, a couple of things that ubisoft pointed to as reasons for uh i guess trying to explain why it hasn't done so well over the past year number one it pointed to the fact that uh quote the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and long-lasting titles, um, end quote. Which is pretty funny if you consider the fact that yeah, Ubisoft has like billion-dollar franchises that arguably are, you know, mega brands themselves. Mm. Uh, I think this is a little bit of a, I think this is a bit of a little bit of a cop-out. Maybe it's talking about. I I think it's like talking about maybe, oh, we don't have a Fortnite. Or we don't have a Call of Duty on our, like, on our um, role, like, on a role. What What do you think, John? It's um, yeah, I guess like it's because they've had an Assassin's Creed, but they kind of let it, um, what's the word, like, taper off, without mm. any like real, um, yeah, momentum is what I wanted. Yeah. Like as like it's kind of they just kind of kept releasing. Like you know, Valhalla did well sales wise, and they've mm. released a bunch of DLC for it, which I think just wrapped up relatively recently. Like it wasn't yeah. too long ago, and but they haven't. I don't know they, because they did that Assassin's Creed you know um, launch event where they kind of announced mm. six projects at once, um, and yeah. Mirage is the next one, which is like a smaller project because I think a part of the financial report was that kind of describing Mirage as like the next big hit and i was like when i read that it's like wait this isn't it meant to be a smaller thing though like it's definitely not meant to make, make be something that can make immense amounts of money that ubisoft are apparently desperately in need of right now so it's like yeah. i don't know they're in a tough spot which is unsurprising after how things have panned out over the last couple of years or so mm. um yeah yeah it's there's only so much sympathy i can have for a mega corporation, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's like I have sympathy for yeah. the the people in it, the which we'll also there. get. To, we'll get to the them, but it's yes. um, yeah, it's not. I don't know. Yeah. I like at this Honestly, rate, they're gonna be vacuumed into another corporation, which yeah. I don't. I don't like that happening. <laughs> no, no. And the the other part of it, the other reason was that its its current games have been underperforming, uh, which, as we pointed out, like. 
I think the only really major release last year was Mario and Rabbids, the, the the sequel Sparks of Hope, which I thought did well, but clearly didn't do well enough for yeah. Ubisoft. Because I was I was I, when I read that. Sorry to interrupt again, but it's no, just no, like it. I was thinking about that game again, and I don't think I thought much when it was announced. And apparently, mm. it's meant to be quite good, you know, like just yeah. like the first one. But it's it's something when I was thinking about it again, it's like, well, why would they make another one? Because like in my mind, not in that it's wrong to or anything necessarily, but I was thinking like the marketing marketability, you know, of like the appeal of Mario Rabbids. I feel like that only really works once, unless you have like yeah. a real hit on your hands. I don't think the first one was that. And I was thinking it's like when you mm. see it, when an average person sees a sequel to Mario and Rabbids, mm. I don't think it's something that like the novelty factor is gone. Yeah. And I feel like that is such a big part of that, you know, the sales potential for it. Where it's just like, you know, reading that it underperformed, it's like, yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, I guess, realistically speaking, with with a game like that, you're really just selling to the people who liked the first game mm. and wanted a more polished experience rather than reaching an even wider audience. Yeah, definitely. That's Plus how I would... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're totally right. And it's like, I also think it's like, it's on the Switch alone as well. Probably something mm. else that would, you know, help limit it, its profits. And it's a turn-based action game. <laughs> yeah. Turn-based RPG slash battler, like, yeah. you know. It's a lot going against it in terms of profits. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, um, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what Ubisoft... You know how Ubisoft comes out this year because I think even Tom Clancy's well, actually not not Tom Clancy's anymore. It's just called X Defiant, which is that multiplayer, that cross Clancy universe hero shooter that was announced a couple of years ago now. I don't think there's been an update on that for quite a while. Oh, so I think kind of like, like the, it's yeah. definitely not something that was announced, but I think last I heard was like a month or so ago about like doing open beta stuff or like closed beta yeah. or something. So they're still yeah. doing stuff. It's still but coming it's, along. Yeah. yeah, but it's very quietly chugging along to some finish <laughs> line in the, distance, in the distance, you know. Mm. And uh, speaking of chugging away quietly, uh, apparently uh, when, when asked about what's going on with Beyond Good and Evil 2, which... I think is, I think it's been almost seven years since that, because I think it was like E three twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen when that was actually last, like mm-hmm. shown off in a big way. Like it was very early on in the previous generation, of consoles. So yeah, when people <laughs> were yeah, <laughs> people are quite rightly asking, hey, what's actually going on with that? Has it has that been affected by all of these kind of changes? Um, and apparently, uh, you know, according to PC Games and. Uh, a, a Ubisoft spokes, spokesperson said that, quote, development is underway and the team is hard at work <laughs> to deliver on its ambitious promise, end quote, <laughs> which I don't know if there's a little bit of shade being thrown at maybe yeah, the, under the his scope breath. of the game. That's all you're getting. Um, but <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. For another five years. Yeah. Um, were you very interested in Beyond Good and Evil 2? It looked, it looked really cool. Like, I think the the art style... The characters, like it, it seemed like a very whimsical. Okay, I, I don't mean whimsical in the Tim Burton kind of like you know. I don't know, like not the cliche sense. I mean more like it's it had a very different, like a a, a very different cast of characters. You know, mm-hmm. like that kind of, you know, 
I don't know. I'm I'm always a sucker for animals that look like people and act like people, but they're actually animals. I think I always find that kind of like very interesting as like a, as like a, s- a premise for a world. Uh, and then yeah, yeah, th- yeah. So for me, it, it I, w- I guess I was interested in it, but we n- I don't think we really got much in the way of gameplay. So I never played the first game, so I don't have any kind of nostalgia for it either. What yeah. about you, John? Well. I was. I think I was very excited when it was announced because they did show gameplay initially. Like it's been a long time, because like part of it's when it was announced, they were saying it's like, you know, you can go sign up to this page and you can play our alpha builds and stuff. And like it had a very Star Citizen quality to it. Not in the sense that they're trying to get as much money as possible from them, but just in the sense that it's like a very, very ambitious game that's very far away, and they want a lot of help trying to you know smooth down the edges because there's going to be a lot of them in a game like this yeah because it's very it's it's still like I, I can't i haven't seen the footage for a while but remembering it it's it would still be very impressive just the scale that it's operating and yeah yeah also mentioning the first one i played a little bit of the first one but i never got very far into it it's extremely different <laughs> there is almost no similarities whatsoever but it's um sure. it's just the world itself is the same technically but otherwise not many um but I was thinking with this news that it's still happening, like this game is still happening, it does feel like it would be smart of Ubisoft. Well, maybe not smart. I don't know. In my head, it makes sense to um, use Beyond Good and Evil 2 to kind of, as like kind of an incubation project, sort of, mm-hmm. where they kind of, it's basically like, in my mind, which is, you know, not fully understanding how game development works in a real way. But in my mind, the way it would work is that you kind of, use the game and like the team to create new technologies and try to like innovate in certain areas that yeah you can't necessarily do in games current like you know being developed with a short time frame or current like or needs to be done soon or just established properties you know like uh, because i mentioned before how like rockstar didn't have their like weird b games where they kind of like try out new mechanics and get them sorted there and then they'll bring them into gta or something like that they do it all the time yeah, like that table tennis game, where they, yeah, exactly. that was the first time the Rage engine, which, which I think is the, the like the kind of the physics engine that powered GTA Four and beyond. Yeah, like that's yeah. the first time that showed up. <laughs> mm. And like the most recent is like um, you know Red Dead Two having like a lot of like immersive sim life sim mm. qualities, and that's uh, from the GTA Six leak. A lot of that stuff is getting merged into GTA, like yet again. Gotcha. And like GTA Red Dead One had a lot of like dynamic events happening. That's another mm. thing that was brought over, so on and so forth. And I was thinking like Beyond Good and Evil, it's like considering it's so different and it's so like technically, like it's focused on being like very technically ambitious. That would yeah. be feel like a good place to try new things. That whether mm. it makes it into the final game or not, could be brought over into all their other franchises. Maybe I don't mm. know. In my mind, it's no, like. That- it, yeah, it's like yeah, if it's be been cool, in development actually. for seven years, it's just like you, you should get something out of it, I guess, is what I'm thinking. Yeah, because I, think I think that's what happened with like the original Assassin's Creed. Like that was the kickoff of that engine, like a new engine. And then like other games kind of benefited from that, like Splinter Cell and other things benefited from that that pioneering work. And I think, I think it was The Division... Because Ubisoft or Massive Entertainment, which which makes um, which makes the division, like part of that appeal was that it was like a like 
Massive was developing its own engine. I think this. I think it's called the Snowbot Snowdrop engine, which powers pretty much the like the all the newer Assassin's Creed and I think even like the Crew Two and uh, sorry the Crew games and things like that. So it's like that definitely would make sense. Like you know if if you gave a team like um, the Beyond Good and Evil Two team like that same tech and then that develops things further, that'll trickle over to the you know there's a lot of shared expertise and a lot of shared learnings that would benefit across the whole all the games but i'm just worried that like you know if if development goes for this long you know this was like they're gone from like early unreal engine 4 to like now like unreal engine 5.1 with like real-time ray tracing like really highly advanced particle physics and all this and that like you know the longer you wait the more technology moves forward and the more you have to like i presume you'd have to kind of start again and that just adds more time so i'm just worried (laughs) yeah yeah, i'd be very curious to learn more like you know real details of what's going on there because it's very easy Mm. to imagine all sorts of bad things or like difficult things happening there um but yeah yeah, but hopefully we hear something this year maybe during summer games first or another ubisoft i think they call it ubisoft connect no sorry ubisoft forward that's what they call it right um, anyway yeah that would be cool yeah um but, but yeah what else is going on john yeah so more fire talk um so uh in a, this is a report from kotaku um following this financial report the ubisoft ceo eve guillemot guillemot that apparently that's that's what google told me how to pronounce because i think i've been pronouncing it wrong said in an email quote today more than ever i need your full energy and commitment to ensure we get back on the path to success um, he also laid responsibility for, quote, the biggest pipeline in Ubisoft history, as in the most amount of games coming, like, you know, soon, or, you know, just currently in development in Ubisoft. Um, he laid the responsibility for this pipeline at the feet of the staff in a quote that says, the ball is in your court to deliver this lineup on time at the, and at the expected level of quality and show everyone what we are capable of achieving. Um, so, yeah. Mm. Terrible line, <laughs> which saw swift backlash from the staff, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, we, and Kotaku even highlighted an upvoted question that was submitted in advance through um, like the corporate channels, like before a meeting coming up where he said, mm. the, uh, the question said, quote, the ball is now in our court. For years it has been in your court. So why did you mishandle the ball so badly? So we, the workers, have to fix it for you. Um, and Guillemot apologized in the meeting that the question was being posed to. Um, and that's yeah. kind of the end of that. So <laughs> Guillemot's kind of put his foot in his mouth again in a way that's very disrespectful. And like he, he kind of said the right things, but and I think response was generally a little divided, which is natural. Um, I don't think I would give him much benefit of doubt in no. whatever he does nowadays. Like his his... His his and his leadership team's job is to make sure that, you know, that pipeline they're talking about, you know, is consistent and that there's quality coming out and that things are received well and selling. Like, that's not on the individual developers to do. That's mm. him and his business teams, you know, the, the, the leaders of the business units, you know, the leaders of each studio to work together to make sure that happens. Like, I don't know how... Oh, hey, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an artist at Ubisoft Singapore... <laughs> like, it's my job to make, make like wall, you money. I've let the ball down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's yeah. It's uh, definitely not on Eve and 
his five cousins in charge of all these different groups at Ubisoft. Um, yep. Yeah, so in response, somewhat, I think. It, uh, I'm sure they were kind of planning on doing it anyway. But like in response to the financial call in which Eve mm. said a lot of things that was like, we need to, you know, save money. We need to rein things back. We need to cut costs where possible, so on and so forth. Um, the French Union that um, kind of organizes for Ubisoft Paris workers, um, they have urged these workers to strike. So this union being a Solidaire Informatique where video? I don't know. It's sure. um yeah, okay. Um yeah, they so they've called for employees to strike on January twenty seventh. Um the union is demanding better working conditions, which includes an immediate ten percent salary increase to account for inflation and improved hours that include a four day work week. And they also want greater transparency on workforce changes and pledges to avoid thinly disguised firings and abusive management practices that push staff to quit. Um so I guess we'll be hearing more of that in the next couple of weeks, depending on how things go. Um, from this, from how Eve has been talking, I doubt he's going to give in exactly, but I imagine keeping things running smooth is also quite important. Mm. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess like maybe we've been seeing a lot more, like over the break we've seen, like uh, I think more and more QA teams unionizing across the world and 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 the French industry like France has got a very storied history when it comes to workers rights and people rising up <laughs> to put it lightly <laughs> so uh you know I wonder if uh you know a strike at like one of the major studios for Ubisoft like uh, uh I'm hoping that it does have a major impact like you know that Four-day work week, I don't think it's going to happen <laughs> just because given how bad the, the, the video game industry is struggling with crunch uh, at the best of times. And then, you know, yes, you might have a four-day work week, but does that mean that you're just doing five days of hours in four days or potentially even more? And then like your, you know, practices where, oh, hey, oh, this person came in on the fifth and like... Oh, but it was up to them. You know, it was completely up to them. They decided to come in. Um, and then, like, you, you develop a culture where it's like, if everyone else doesn't do that, you're considered to not be pulling your weight, which... You well, know, that's, like, that's the manager's yeah. job, you know? And it's, like, yeah. four-day work weeks have been happening. Like, I don't... Oh, successfully as well. But it's just them. these guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Given <wouldn't>. what <laughs> we know about Ubisoft's uh, HR practices, uh, I, I'm just... I'm just... <laughs> I'm just not as confident that these things are gonna get these things are gonna get put into place and put yeah. put into place well, but it's very fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, speaking of I guess big announcements and changes when it comes to workforces, the the next story is a is a bit of a bummer. Um unfortunately it's one of those stories that we've been reading a lot about um ac- across the tech industry as a whole. And I guess video games haven't been affected as much but the next story is that Microsoft has uh has announced uh just this past like just just yesterday so this comes out on the Friday so you know Wednesday American time Thursday Australian time 
that it, Microsoft has announced that it's cutting 10,000 jobs over the next two months, which represents about 5% of its overall workforce globally. The, the, the reason why this is especially relevant to us is that uh, reportedly this has also affected its Xbox division, most, um, most specifically the teams working on Starfield, so you know Bethesda Game Studios, Halo Infinite, so 343 Industries, and Gears of War Studio, The Coalition. Um, it's, yeah, like, uh, and, and as part of this, there have been some, yeah, so uh, according to Bloomberg, which is where these, I guess like the first rumblings of this kind of came about, uh, Jason Schreier at Bloomberg said on Twitter that uh, the Halo Infinite campaign team was, quote, hit hard, which uh, I guess... Which is worrying because Halo Infinite was planned to be like the next three Halo games worth of content is going to be rolled out in Halo Infinite over the next like you know almost a decade. So if if that team's been hit hard, and the multiplayer team's already been kind of mismanaged and had a lot of resources not used well and resulted in I guess a lot of the potential and the really good positive hype that Halo Infinite had when it launched, like being squandered over the, the past year. Um, you know, that's already been a kind of a tough situation there. And, and not to say anything against the actual individual developers. It seemed like uh, the reports are all pointed to it being more of a management issue. And it's interesting that uh, uh, Joe Statton, who rejoined the Halo Infinite, sorry, who rejoined 343 Industries to help, uh, so he rejoined in 2020 to kind of make sure that Halo Infinite <laughs> was finished on time and, you know, brought out to a decent level of quality. He's, as part of this move, he's left 343 and has gone back to the, the publishing division of Xbox. So, <laughs> when some sig- when the signif- when some key developers and key leadership is changing hands, like that's all, never a good sign. But I'm hoping that in the case of Halo Infinite, maybe, maybe some of the 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 other staff stepping up, maybe they had some great positive ideas. Maybe they might be able to turn things around over the next twelve years. Oh, sorry, next twelve months of content, and you know, maybe it'll be a big change that you know. Halo players like myself can really, really look forward to. Mm. Um, yeah, because I think they've been rotating through like senior staff a bit lately. Or well, not rotating yeah. through, but like several key leaders have left mm. in the last six yeah, months like, or so, something like that. Bonnie Ross left last year as well, who was kind of like the like the hit studio head. Mm. So um, yeah. So yeah. have you have you been playing Halo Infinite much lately at all? I haven't played it in a couple of months. But I have reinstalled it now, um, which I'll, I'll I'll talk about why <laughs> in the in the chit chat section. But um, it's still the tragedy about it is that it, it's like a Destiny thing where it plays really well, but there haven't been there hasn't been like enough content rollout on the multiplayer side, and that's kind of I think made people lose faith and they've gone back to playing you know Apex or Call of Duty, whatever else they were playing. So I think it's one of those things where once if the content's there, the players will come back. Hmm. That's because the the actual gameplay, 
the fundamentals are amazing. Well, like speaking of the campaign team as well, it's like were you very mm. invested in that part of the game? Because I'm not yeah. sure we ever talked about it much. Oh, yeah, well, the yeah, campaign think, was a yeah. The campaign we talked about it when it launched, yeah. but I don't think we mentioned it since. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't gone back to the campaign. Uh, like I know co-op, I think it was tested. I don't know. Yeah, and I think it rolled out. Yeah. I never played it. Like I don't know. I, I think maybe I'm not going to go back and replay that. Uh, like just to do with co-op and I think it's a bit difficult because it is like a longer campaign than most Halo games given how many side activities and having that open world kind of set up means that there's a lot more things to kind of do so I don't know if that lends itself as well to, to co-op but um, no I haven't been back but I am very interested in where Halo goes next because we did get we got introduced to like another kind of long dormant faction that apparently existed so it it, it did one of those things <laughs> so <laughs> it, it kind of ended on a cliffhanger uh yeah uh, it's yeah like the, the 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 ramifications with the kind of the different time there's like some time some time shenanigans that are going to get hinted at in the new game so i am right. definitely excited for the next campaign but i'm not sure what these kind of layoffs mean for the campaign going forward yeah it does make me think i wonder if they've kind of pivoted away from having like a live service campaign thing as they announced yeah. to just doing another proper sequel but with infinite multiplayer is you know still going on you know like that just stays the yeah. same and we'll just do a separate campaign we'll also sell for money you know and on game pass yeah. and all that which i think is like yeah. that makes more sense after how infinite was you know how people responded to Infinite overall and how much mm. trouble it's had. Like, it seems like it would make more sense to just go, okay, we're going to be done with this and we'll kind of have a bit mm. of a clean slate with the new one. Yeah, because I remember the reports early on saying that, like, you're right. So traditionally, Halo would have a sequel come out every three to four years, maybe five years, like, in the, the longer gaps. But, you know... With Halo Infinite, I think the the plan, like from the a lot of the early coverage and the reporting, was that it was meant to be okay. Instead of doing like a major narrative sequel every three to four years, we'll do maybe like a yearly or like an eighteen month rollout of like smaller, shorter campaigns, but more consistently, and that'll kind of flow on as like a destiny like destiny like live service over the next you know almost decade. But yeah, maybe they got scared off and they're going to go back to the traditional model. And you know, if you if you have lost staff there, then you're probably not going to be able to ramp up development so soon. You know. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm just very curious about where that's going, which I think is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not alone in that, but it's. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. Yeah. Hopefully, everyone lands on their feet. the The good thing with all the layoffs in the tech industry and gaming and things like that is that generally. You know, where one company might be letting go of people, there seems to be like a, like those people tend to find work in, in like a different developer, even if it's a smaller studio or something like that. Um, but, uh, you know, some of them leave gaming altogether because they can make a hell of a lot m more money with the skills they have working in, you know, you could work, you could probably make more money working in Hollywood in 3D animation or working, you know, I want to crunch a program on a big. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean that's they've got their own problems over there, but you know, yeah, that's traditionally might be a little better. People leaving, yeah. Mm -hmm. At least they have unions. I 
think they have unions in. Oh, not those guys, things. but yeah, not not animation, but I mean more in like you know production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, yeah, there's a chance of a you know silver lining in that sense. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, so <laughs> to kind of wrap it up. Um, our last mm-hmm. story of the of the pod. Um, so this comes Happy from story. a report. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Our report from Eurogamer um, is that Awesome Games Done Quick 2023, which is a week-long 24-hour speedrunning marathon, um, has raised over $2.6 million for Prevent Cancer Foundation. Um, this, um, the 2023 edition of AGDQ, um, they've actually broken a number of world records, including a couple of 2022 releases like Power Wash Simulator and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Apparently, Power Wash Simulator has like a proper speedrun scene, which is actually like a very cool <laughs> outcome of a game like that. I think that's great. Um, and wow. overall, Games Done Quick has now raised over $43 million for charities around the world since it began in 2010. I think mm. this is also comes on the back of the kind of creator of the organization announcing that he's departing the, the group. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of a you know nice way to cap off his, his tenure. Hmm. And the, all of these, um, these are US dollars. Right. Yeah. Bring <laughs> a lot more money than Australian. But, you know, we, we've got our own, uh, we've got our own kind of similar things that are happening. So, yeah, maybe, maybe Double Jump will be part of those over here as well. Maybe not in speed running, but maybe in kind of general, general kind of like <laughs> streaming and stuff. So, yeah. oh, this, this is, this is really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm super, like this is this is very humbling and it just shows you that you know for all the toxic you know behavior that we see online especially from the you know the gaming community like you know we're not all bad there definitely are a lot of times when we come together and we do something really positive and I'm really really happy that you know uh, this year was like a bumper year for the uh, AGDQ kind of um scene and I think s- Summer games done quick is the next one, isn't it? Like mid year. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. Um, so hopefully yeah, that'll right. be even bigger. That'll be like a great way to mm. kinda like really, really bring twenty twenty three like m- after the couple of years we've had, <laughs> you know, <laughs> some good news is is I think gonna make everyone happy. Even yeah, more so because I, I think we mentioned the last time we mentioned it would have been about them breaking more records of records. how much money they've raised because like i think last time we mentioned them there it was a big discussion about um or they were you know talking about in-person events again and how much mm. more money that raises how much and like i think they already did pretty okay during the um you know peak of the pandemic as well mm. so it's um yeah it's, it's nice to see it's like it's 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 such a nice thing to see the like, a group like this continuing to go for yeah. over a decade in something like the gaming scene which is I don't know. It's not. It's not really. I, I'm not going to say it's bad. I'm trying to say it's like I don't think it's a kind of a community that generally lends itself to like particular, like completely altruistic, um, yeah. kind of events endeavors. and yeah, yeah endeavors. Yeah. Um, so it's like it's kind of I don't know. Yeah, like it's it's nice to see it just kind of chugging along. Even though I really need to watch more of them because I am more interested. Than, <laughs> I just always yeah. kind of forget about it. But it's. I, I think there's that element of. You know, when when it's an in-person event, even if you're watching it from like a like a stream, like seeing the hype, the the crowd get hyped up behind the like the players, and you st- you, you kind of like even if you're not, 
even if you're not 100% following what's going on, you can kind of, you get hyped up by watching the crowd react and yeah. that kind of cues you to know, okay, this is a, maybe this is a like a an exploit they haven't done before or maybe this is going to be a run that's like, this is the run that's going to break the record that you, you have no context for otherwise. Mm. And the commentators so think, always yeah. do a really good job too from what I've seen. Yeah. Like they always fill in the gaps in the, you know, exactly yeah. how you want it. Um, but... Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think that wraps up the news for this week. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for this week's uh, news. How about we take it over to the chit-chat? So let's talk about what we've been playing and watching over the past couple of weeks um i i'll go first only because i alluded to you know why i reinstalled halo infinite um the reason why is because i got a new graphics card oh <laughs> finally <laughs> so it's it's been i think three years since i got my last graphics card and i got uh, i bit the bullet and got the new rtx 4070 ti Jeez. So the new, how much does that so one <laughs> that one came to about 1470 wow no, okay all together so it's not I'm not going to say that it's not a lot of money because it is. Yeah, yeah. It's just that given the way the given the way the um graphics cards have been kind of price-wise over the last couple of years, it's like reasonable and it's like disappointing that I'm saying that. Yeah, <laughs> been holding out for something yeah. good. Yeah. Cuz like like the thing is like in 2020 when I got my card and I got the I got an RTX 2080, which is the, um, so essentially what happened was I had a 1070, which was like reviewed very well, great value card. But then uh, once like Metro came out and ray tracing became a thing, I was like, okay, the ray tracing, you need a little bit more power. And the RTX 2070 really wasn't that much of a change. And you had to go to the RTX 2080 um, to get any kind of like significant, um, I guess like increase in performance over the the ten series, yeah. so like comfortable then, performance. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And that was like it's like Nvidia has like the it, it has the Star Wars problem of like it's got the good movie then the bad one. It's like it's like opposite. So the ten series was the good one. The twenty series was the bad one. Was more expensive and didn't give you the performance. Then the thirty series came out, which is what you have, which is actually great value if you bought it at. <laughs> retail price which unless you were like part of the first batch or you bought it through a pre-built system or like yourself you bought it later on like yeah. that's things got to be more normal so they were like a great like the 10 eight, like sorry the 3080 was a huge jump from the 2080 mm. and price wise was very similar like it was about 1200 bucks so and and then the the 7 series the 70 series like it was like okay the 80 ti slash 90 is like your high end they're going to be like two grand then you got your 80 series which is like like 1200 for like 1300 and then your 70 series was like under a thousand but now with the way pricing's inflated like the 4070 ti is is more than what the the 3080 was when it came out but the thing is that kind of lull period at like during the crypto crash of last year mid last year where the 3080 cards went went back down to like below retail that was very short-lived and if you look at it now they've gone back up to like 1300 so the 4070 ti 
which was originally the 4080 12 gig, if you remember, like it got yeah, launched and then like unlaunched. That. So it basically, they just changed the name, reduced the price, and they're like, oh, here you go. We listen to you. <laughs> Meanwhile, got demolished by all the reviews. That actually, compared to what I have right now, it's like pretty much double the power. Okay. It's like for me, it, after three years, like it seems like it's it's reasonable, and because I I work from home like three days a week, I can claim a percentage of it on tax. So it's like you know realistically, it's not as bad. Like I can understand if you're building something from scratch, that's a hell of a lot of money for like a what used to be a mid range card. But yeah, yeah, I understand. Um, but yeah, have you, have you? How long have you had it? Yeah. Uh, like a week, okay. <laughs> like a week and a bit. Um, and basically, well, the thing is, like, even games like Destiny and Halo Infinite, you know, like, traditionally multiplayer games don't require as much power, but because I switched to a 4K monitor last year, oh. <laughs> it's like, my 2080 was really struggling, right. so I had to kind of, like, run games at 70 or 80% of their kind of um, resolution, and then turn down the settings... But even things like DLSS, like a game like Battlefield, you turn everything down and then you put on DLSS. The DLSS, which is like the... It's like it runs the game at a lower resolution and then it uses like the, the hardware on the card to kind of do some fudging around and, and stretch the image back up to the like 4K. And But traditionally, there'd be like some post-processing or something so that you don't get all the blurriness of like a stretched image. Whereas the implementation in Battlefield really didn't have that. So... You're pretty much running games and it's like very blurry. So I've gone from playing like like multiplayer games like pretty blurry with things turned down and now I've like turned it now I can max all the settings and still and still get a very high frame rate. And now I'm like holy shit so these games can look very nice. It's just I haven't seen them like that in a while. <laughs> <laughs> 2042 is good. <laughs> I actually have heard it's good since they added season three actually but it's yeah um, like yeah they, they did some big changes at the end of last year to really overhaul kind of the specialists like kind of make it a lot more like traditional battlefield and yeah. there are some more changes planned in terms of making the classes like bringing the the classes back and limiting what um what uh, specialists can and what gadgets can be applied to the like to the classes so you actually can tell at a glance okay this person's playing this character so i know that they have these abilities whereas right now you don't know because anyone can equip any character with anything like any weapon any kind of like abilities and stuff which is which is which is neat and frustrating from a gameplay point of view so that'll be interesting i, I just want to quickly talk about avatar way yep. of water or the way of water uh so the, the sequel to avatar from 2009 so I watched this last year, end of last year, whenever it came out. So it's a bit confusing because it came out in different formats because you had the option of watching it in not only in different aspect ratios, like, you know, there was like standard, widescreen, then Dolby and IMAX, which had the taller screens. But then, you know, then there's like high frame rate. So you could watch oh. it at 48 frames per second for selected sequences versus 24. Um, and then you had like 3D, non-3D and stuff. So there were like quite a few different things. And traditionally, I'd watch movies at IMAX. But the, the thing is, the top of the like the top of the range IMAX projectors overheat when doing high frame rate. So if you wanted to have the full IMAX experience, you would have to use the older technology IMAX 
projectors which aren't as bright and don't have as as like the colors aren't as nice and we don't get the dolby kind of cinemas like we get dolby atmos which is like the really nice surround sound but we don't get dolby vision cinema so we don't get like the high dynamic range and stuff over here that the u.s does so i watched it in village like vmax like village cinemas like their big screen experience high frame rate and 3d it was like technically much better to watch than the first movie i think the high frame rate really helps with the action sequences and helps you follow you kind of the things that are happening i think the original avatar like i think a lot of people found a lot of people in general find 3d queasy makes them like feel nauseated is because like your eyes don't really know where to focus and there's a lot of things happening and i think james cameron kind of learnt from the first movie and had less movement of the camera and more movement of the things within the frame whereas if you have the camera moving a lot and stuff moving a lot you you could feel very disoriented or disorientated whatever it is yeah. um for for a lot of people so i i definitely enjoyed it much more not just like from a technical point of view like it looks phenomenal like the 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 3d the motion capture everything looks great like it's it's really really well done but also the story in this one is much better than the first movie okay because i heard it was a little bit of the same so far like by that i didn't i haven't actually read much reception but yeah yeah so like the the first movie was kind of the typical it it, it was very generic in that you know generic soldier It, it was the what is it that white savior kind of thing like okay like basically an american soldier rocks up on a foreign planet on a like a on an operation to kind of i guess the whole thing was to kind of um mine the planet for its resources and as part of that they were to infiltrate the the native people the the navi and basically take on like put their consciousness into bodies of the navi like kind of clone bodies of the navi and try to blend in and and you kind of break them from the to kind of subdue them so that they can take over the planet and mine it for its resources and then you know he falls in love turns against the you know the the us or the human kind of like invaders and and fights on behalf of the the locals and then kind of you know the falls in love and blah 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 like all that kind of typical stuff but in this one it's a lot more about you know family like there's a lot more emotion in this and a lot more kind of earned emotion mm. like there's a lot more character development in this which i think is really good and it's yeah like i i, I really found it like like a much much better movie than the first one right okay oh so which one did you actually watch like you because you watched did you watch a high frame rate version so i watched high frame rate 3d in okay. like the normal cinema Right, okay. Because that's the one, because yeah. I don't think my local cinema has like anything but normal 3D, which kind of bummed me out because I want to watch. I, I, I don't know, I could probably spend a lot more somewhere else because well, we probably have it somewhere. I just don't, don't like going to other cinemas here. Yeah. But it's. Um, that's why we didn't watch it in IMAX because IMAX can be very expensive, especially for 3D showings and stuff. Yeah. But we went to the village cinemas, so and it was actually pretty reasonable. Okay. Like, it was like much more reasonable than other places. Mm. So I'm not sure like what your local. like. You probably have to go to like Perth City, maybe to oh, get it's like, to get the high frame rate. I have no idea how far away. It's it's, like a, it's not ter- it's, it's just like it's just in like a 
it's not that far away it's just like i yeah. don't like the cinema all that much and it's way more expensive and it's just like i just don't yeah I'm like i like i'm very happy with our local one just because the prices are good and it's pretty close yeah. so it's um yeah, yeah. yeah. so but that because anyway that my point was i like i do really want to watch that high like that premium mm. version of that movie yeah but it's, and, it, and it did like i was like it did look like a video game <laughs> like you know three animation at a high frame rate like it's just like it's it it looks like like a like cut scenes at times right. but i don't that's, mind that because i grew up with video games so it's kind of cool yeah i you didn't know? think that at all that's that makes a lot of sense <laughs> um yeah so yeah like even my wife she's like she she notices the difference between the sequences like i know there are like a lot of lay people who don't play games and stuff they can't really see the difference between 30 and 60 but she can she can definitely see the difference between like you know twenty four and forty eight. Like it's it's pretty pretty dramatic when you watch it. Right. Um, um yeah. yeah, anyway, speaking <laughs> of video games ish mm. movie stuff, um HBO's The Last of Us adaptation. Um it premiered mm. over the weekend. It's doing ex- so much buzz. Yeah, a lot. Like, because I think like I I wasn't I'm not particularly invested in Last of Us. I played the first one, I played most of the second one. And I need to go back and actually play through it the whole way because I still don't know the story ending or anything, which feels yeah. like, okay, I should really take advantage of this fact and, and learn the ending firsthand. Um, but um, actually, I was kind of thinking in the last month or so before this the show premiered was like, oh, better. like I could actually see it not being great. Partly, mm. I guess partly because like Westworld ended up being pretty disappointing like right away for me as well like some people really like the first season i didn't love it and then it just kind of got steadily got worse so that's kind of what i was thinking where it's like oh it's a genre show by hbo and i'm not i don't have full faith that it's going to turn out great but it's yeah Yeah. so but yeah obviously i was wrong (laughs) like the reviews and the (laughs) overall reception has been extremely positive um i watched the first Mm. episode last night oh nice it's it's yeah it's um i really enjoyed it it's like it has more of a crime drama feel almost like it's very like on the ground kind yeah. of and like it expands on a lot of story elements of the game from what i understand because it's been a while since i played the first game and i never played the dlc which i think expands other little bits yeah um, the left behind dlc for the first game yeah um so there's probably at least a little bit i don't know anyway but it's mm. um yeah the way it kind of fills in gaps of the game as someone who's played it is like it's pretty impressive how elegantly they've been able to expand on it and okay. just make it feel like a story that's not just an adaptation, you know? Yeah. Like, it feels like its like, own thing. Okay. And from, like, I've seen a lot of things saying how faithful it is to the, like, the opening, cha- like, opening hours of... Like, this basically sounds like it's, like, the opening couple hours of um, the first game. Like, and a lot of the shots actually the same. Oh, okay. Like I didn't notice that. Like, 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 side by side, like, they actually showed... Here's the cutscene from the game, and here's how it looks on the show. And there's like a lot of like they've gone very close to it in some shots. Mm. Um, and <laughs> that's the thing. Like I never finished, so I'm like, uh, I think I'm like technically like two or three hours into the game of the original Last of Us, and like I haven't played it for like a while. <laughs> like yeah. no, there's nothing compelling me to kind of go back to finish Last of Us. I think it's because. I don't know. Maybe it's because the gameplay in it isn't very fun. Like I think this. I yeah, don't know. It's it very. Um, very it's very like tension 
and stealth based. <laughs> I think it's depending yeah, on how you approach. Frustrating. Yeah, but <laughs> depending on how you like those games, you can either be like yeah. kind of frozen and find it hard to kind of push forward, which I think I'm the kind yeah. of person who does that, or that's, you just don't like stealth gameplay yeah. all that much, and that doesn't work yeah. either. But it's um, yeah, it's just like I don't know. I mean, I mean, like okay, I'm in an abandoned building, and there's like clickers around. And it's like, okay, I've got multiple levels and I feel like, okay, yes, I've, I've gotten this guy. I've got, taken him down. And then like, I somehow triggered someone else on the other side of the thing and then it's just like, everyone's just running at me. Yeah. It's just like, okay, this is just going to end up turning into a shooter. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe I need to play it on like easy. Maybe that's just what I got to do so that I can just like skip the heart, like not have to deal with the gameplays just so that I can get to the story because the story is the main thing. Yeah, and like the remake, which you'll be able to play pretty comfortably when it comes out on PC sometime if you wanted yeah. to. But it's um yeah, the the part one remake was um that has a lot of accessibility features like part two does. So cool. you, like I was thinking about that where it's like, oh I could play part two and just tweak down the difficulty to kind of burst yeah. through it at a faster pace than I was originally. And with less anxiety, because that game's like <laughs> it's it's very intense. Very intense. Very especially the second one, but the first one is also intense so yeah. it's um but yeah, yeah I've, so got, I've got the P- i've got last of us re- i'm playing last of us remastered on ps4 right so I, and and also like i saw that last of us part one like the actual art design and a lot of things are like kind of a downgrade compared to the first game compared to the original release so oh, that's okay. why i was like kind of hesitant to kind of well, play it but yeah because yeah. I, I loaded up the remastered version like a few years ago or so and played mm. through not much of it um and i was like i was surprised at how quickly that game aged like i think that's the mm. one that's kind of thing like because like, that would have been i don't know it couldn't have been that it was a ps3 ago. game remember yeah i <laughs> know like, that's what i mean it's yeah. like i played the ps4 version it's like whoa this looks yeah. old because it's like i think it was like um yeah it was like the last game of the ps3 generation basically at least from Sony's yeah, first party and it's like it came out the e3 that the ps4 came out yeah i think it was like 2013 but it's like so it was like the last year. Of yeah, because like so. I played that basically at launch, like not long after okay. launch, because yeah. that was like what you know that was very much a zeitgeist game when it came out. Like 100%. at least at least where I was on the internet, everyone yeah. couldn't no, shut no, up. It was about everywhere. It. it was everywhere, yeah. man. And it was also <laughs> like it had like masterpiece review scores like two weeks before it came out. Like at least yeah. to, uh, in my sphere that I keep track of, like that was like a major deal. I was like, holy shit, there's a masterpiece coming out. It's, it's yeah. not even out yet, and everyone's hyped about it. Um, <laughs> but it's like, yeah. So I played it back then, and in my memory, it looked like the remake does, you know. So like mm. actually playing the remastered version, it's just like, oh, this looks chunkier than <laughs> blockier than yeah. I expected. Um, anyway, get to, get back to the TV show though. It's yeah. I don't think I have too much else to say about it other than it is very impressive, and I like how they've oh, expanded nice. bits and pieces of the story. That's cool. That's so it's cool. like it's not it like it takes its time it doesn't feel like it's bleak but it also doesn't feel like because i was kind of expecting it would feel like a slightly more premium version of the walking dead mm-hmm. and like the walking dead like and i was reminded of the walking dead recently when i played that terminator game that i mentioned a couple of months ago yeah like they like all that you know it's very easy for post-apocalypse settings without like a particularly like kind of vibrant feature or gimmick about it to just fall into the same sort of stock like all these kind of grumbling survivor characters and they're all just kind of yeah. boring a lot of and everyone's lot angry of, all the time yeah a lot of that stuff and like last of us actually it technically is that but it, it yeah. ha- it's well written enough and it's well produced enough that it, you know it stands out 
beyond that. Um, mm. And it's, yeah, so I guess basically it's a good first episode, a very good pilot that is um, very, yeah, it's intriguing. Like, I'm very curious to see how the whole show goes because it does feel like it covered a lot of story quickly. So I'm yeah. kind of like, because I think it's got 10 episodes. So it's like, okay, that's episodes, cool. it's like I, mean, I imagine it'll hit the ending of the first game. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, I'm, yeah. yeah. I'm, I wonder um, if I, I wonder if I then, if I watch it, do I need to play the game? No, or you can don't. You, you get different engagement, <laughs> like you get a different enjoyment out of both. Yeah, you would. Like, I yeah. really don't think it's necessary at all. If you like the show, yeah. watch it, whatever. Yeah, I think I want to play Last of Us to say that, to know that I played it and experienced it. <laughs> Because it's like one of those things that you, I don't know. I've missed out on so many of those types of like tentpole, you know, kind of zeitgeist to games. I'm like, no, I don't want to miss out on it now. Yeah. Damn you. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but, but no, I'm ha- I'm happy that you you enjoyed it. I I would watch it. Uh, it's on binge here in Australia, which is like still atrocious by all by all reviews. Like <laughs> people have said, like yeah, the streaming quality is worse than the free tier of like SBS on demand or something. Really? <laughs> the SD tier, yeah. So it's like, like it, if you don't have like people who had, like there's not even surround sound. Like it's just like, it's 2023. How have you not figured this out? Yeah, it's, I think like uh, the worst thing I remember from like aside from everything else about it, uh, when mm. I used Binge years ago, because I've been watching it through other means, um, is that um, the color quality is horrible. I, that's wow. what I, I remember the black crush is the worst like black wow. you know nighttime is just like you know a light gray <laughs> from my from my memory maybe it's a little better it probably better is now. but i just remember it being awful too much compression yeah so, like, so much like I, I i always wonder like you know what like you, you get all these major like hbo puts a lot of money be like behind its productions Right, yeah, and exactly. it partners <laughs> with binge, which is like subpar. I'm streaming. actually wondering because, like, I think yeah. they're technically partnered with Foxtel, and Foxtel have a yeah, thing in binge. Owns, yeah, so it's owns, like yeah, Foxtel is the one that screwed them over. You know? Yeah. So it's like, at some point, it's just like <laughs> it's yeah, like, oh, they'll <laughs> they'll hate binge work. enough that will they'll pay for Foxtel. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like playing, you know, The Last of Us, like part one with all the ps4 every like with all the ps5 updates and everything and then playing it on like some shitty ch- like no name like lcd tv from like 2011 like, you know what I mean? it's like you're playing it on ps now that you're vpning from the states and you're chromecasting it to a television <laughs> so it's all and the that. tv is like so old that like it's not even leds it's using those big fat like fluorescent tubes like it's those original og lcd tvs <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's really yeah I remember those uh, um, yeah so yeah um, I, I don't know maybe I'll, I'll take up a free trial and see and and report back maybe, yeah maybe take the hit for me so I know I haven't wasted my time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. yeah so uh, just to last up to talk about games still about what I've been playing oh yeah first off I, I started Psychonauts 2 yesterday oh nice um, I, I barely played it I thought the only thing I know is that one, this PC port seems to be very, very good, a lot better than I expected. Because I was expecting okay. my, cause I thought That's it was good. like a recent enough game that my PC would have like trouble with it at the highest settings, you know? Like it would, like, I would boot it up and it's like, okay, it's already 
hitting the max of my You've GTA. You've got a pretty capable PC. I know, but it keeps happening with older games. So I'm just kind of okay. like, like it, you know, it auto sets the quality. And it's like, it's like, oh, we're going to burn your PC to the ground with you with it. Um, and like, that, that if, keeps happening. If I can share a tip, usually the things that the biggest performance hit, um, ambient occlusion, hmm. anti-aliasing, and shadows. Right. Like if you turn those three down, you'll get a lot of like, um, you you those three settings alone usually give you the most kind of like performance back without losing too much quality. Right. So, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think I think I've just been playing a lot of older games that are you know yeah. naturally not as well optimized as current games are yeah. like tend to be. Um, but but that just keeps happening with the games I've been loading up lately. And I was so surprised that it's like game. It's like, oh wow, it's like fifty percent of my GPU, and it's seemingly at high settings. Like, and I keep twitch. Like, I don't know. I was just expecting worse, and it, like, it just yeah. runs really smoothly, which I was very happy about. Um, like uh, every game, I'll like even on the new graphics card. Like every game I'm playing is like ninety eight to ninety nine percent. So mm. that's 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 fine. It's 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 working. It's yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's doing its and, thing. And all the little quality of life upgrades to the first game because I already played it a couple like that was like my first game i've free played on this pc okay. so that's a couple months to go now and which like, version I, did you play was it because it was like the 2011 re-release like when they gave like official controller support and stuff like that have there been other updates since then to the uh, game i don't think so i, okay. I like i think um last time we mentioned on the podcast yeah, which i think I yeah, yeah. I, I think i mentioned how the ps4 version is like a ps2 emulated version and it's really bad <laughs> Because it like oh, the PS2 man. version was worse than the current Xbox than version. The Xbox stuff, version. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the PC version is like pretty solid. It's like it's an old game that only runs about as well as you would expect, which is not terrible. It's just got issues by today's standards. Um, but the second game has like has like lots of little game design tweaks as well as like just oh no like I guess like first impressions of the PC version is very good, and the game itself also leaves a very good first impression, and I'm very excited to play more, and I'll I'll talk about it next time. But it's um, where did you play it on? Do you have Game Pass? I bought the Steam version actually because it was on cool. sale, and I realized that it's like oh, I'll I'll just buy because I've been waiting on Game Pass just because I have so many games to play and I was like, oh, I'll play it when I know there's a bunch of stuff I want to play soon. <laughs> or like, you know, within close proximity to one another because otherwise mm. it will just be a waste in my mind at least. Yep. Um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. So I was like, I, I bought it on Steam because I knew I'd want to replay it, you know, yeah. in the years ahead. So I was like, oh, yeah, this will be worth the investment. Um, <laughs> and it was like $30, which is not bad for a game I know I'll love. So that helps. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, aside from Psychonauts, I finally finished all of GTA 4, which I started also back in November, which like I took a break from it and then also played the DLC episodes as well. And which, you've done that multiple times, right? Like, that's your favorite GTA. Yeah, I played GTA right. 4 proper a lot. Like, yeah, have to have played it like six times. Like, I played it a bunch in high school and then I played it, yeah. you know, here and there since then. Um and I played the episodes, like DLC episodes. So the first one's The Lost and Damned, which is a bikey themed one. And mm. The Ballad of Gay Tony, which is kind of like about nightlife, crime, people, all that stuff. Um, it's, they're not, yeah. So I guess just to summarize, because we've hit about time now, I think. So I'll kind of be quick about it. All good. Um, so GTA 4 is like, I, I think that largely holds up. Like I like yep. it a lot. I don't think it has 
too many issues, though I get why people don't like the kind of grim aesthetic and demeanor of it all, especially gotcha. contrast to the old ones. Yeah. Um, yeah, the one thing that I was kind of surprised by is that, oh, yeah, one thing is like it has so much driving. <laughs> which is natural but it's like after like I've re- i played a little bit of vice city like the definitive edition because that's on the yeah. ps plus service so i played mm. for like i don't know like a few hours or so and i don't think i've really played a lot of those older ones much at all and i noticed that it's like with that one you're doing the same thing where you're kind of going to a mission and then ending the mission and driving to the next one somewhere but those that map is so small that you spend almost no time driving you spend like two yeah. minutes at a time you know and gta4 it's like it has the same thing map. it's a big map and they make you drive really far <laughs> it's, it's a problem yeah. and i was using because i've played this game a lot i already i knew immediately that i can just abuse the taxis to just teleport from place to place and it still feels like it takes forever partly because the missions also have a lot of driving in it <laughs> which yes I was, yes so you'll start a mission and it's like get us a car and then it will drive five minutes somewhere else and like i actually don't mind it it just has happened so much yeah and, I, and like Most i really missions were yeah yeah and I, I i enjoy the driving model in gta 4 a lot so in theory I, that works well for me <laughs> as someone who really enjoys the driving and it's just, it's too much so um, so then why is it that why do you like four better than five is it purely because of the characters oh uh, the story is a big part of it i noticed because the dlc has a lot of signs of five like where that head oh, okay. and i was like reading yeah. up a little bit of it and i was thinking about four and four's characters are very like unified in theme they're all like desperate and scrappy and yeah. as a crime story that works really well they all have their like really not necessarily strong motivations but like kind of clear they're, they're more kind underdogs of, than in yeah GTA like pretty much all of them are and they're all like gotcha. they're, they're all desperate to succeed in one way or another and yeah. after especially with ballad of gay tony which is the nightlife one that one has a lot of signs of five where it's just a lot of dialogue that's just like completely superfluous and does nothing and a lot of story that is just about kind of in a, like a very shallow aim to kind of make more money or get more success but in a way that's very broad and doesn't really mean much to the characters like that's how i found it gotcha. at least and that's what a yeah. gta 5 is a lot where it's like as like kind of the la satire we've talked about it before so i won't go into it too yeah. much but it has the la satire thing going on where everything's very vapid and shallow and empty which is fine but it i don't it i think it's very it's um, so much i think it's very tedious and awful for such <laughs> it's not it's, it's awful yeah. because of its length and it and all of its characters are just completely unappealing, I think, to me. Yeah. Like, um, I so think that's why I liked Red Dead 1 and liked so far what I've played of Red Dead 2 is that it, it's less of that parody. Like, they just try too hard to parody everything and they don't want to, like, I think with 4, there was a lot of parody, but it wasn't, it was more in the stuff around the story rather than in the story itself. Like, it was more like the shops you go to the the side characters you meet like one-off characters and stuff rather than like gta 5 seemed like the whole thing was like a parody of like you know this is a parody of the gangster life this is a parody of you know the psychopath killer guy and then yeah. this is the parody of the the mafia life you know and and that was so much part of the story and red mm-hmm. dead doesn't have any of that like it's it's a lot more serious and takes and tries to develop the characters a bit more and i think that's why i i liked four as well 
yeah, it's like Red Dead games are like, especially two are like grounded, like two, I think almost to a fault where it's like, uh, I, it's, it's so grounded <laughs> and it's so such an homage to Western genre yeah. in a way that it's like very slow and very like just plodding along with characters that aren't especially compelling. It, like as a, as yeah. a, as a whole, it works very well, but it's very, it's just very um, sluggish in a lot of ways. In a way that gotcha. you like, if you like it, and if you don't, you you might you really don't, <laughs> depending on who you are. Um, oh yeah, but to get just to finish up with GTA Four, like so, I played final the two episodes mm-hmm. um, for, and I, I haven't played those in a long time. My and my memory of the bikey one was that I remember disliking it, <laughs> uh, partly because like you're on bi- motorcycles a lot, and replaying it. God, motorcycles are bad in GTA 4. Like, the cars are fine. Motorcycles are so, so delicate. Like, you can't, you can barely turn in it without it, like, spinning a full circle. Like, it's like, it's really frustrating. Um, but it's, yeah. So, and also yeah, the story's awful. I really don't like the story in the bikey one. And it, there's so gotcha. much, like, sexist and homophobic language. So much homophobic yeah. stuff. Like, it's, like, pretty much, like, like it's almost like at least for the first like half of the game or so it's like half the dialogue is like bad homophobic jokes it's like that's not something you want (laughs) yeah because it's like even at the time there's no way it held up you know like it's just it's so it's just like man these characters have nothing else to them and they don't because i played through the whole story and nothing happens (laughs) it's like disappointing and then then, um ballad gay tony it's like that has its bright spots by comparison but also so much homophobic language so much of it like like why is there so many of these jokes and four like four definitely has it apparently because i noticed that towards the end which i rarely get to when i replay it like there's a more and more of it shows up towards the end of that game um gotcha. and sexism and stuff but it's less present early on um but yeah it's all throughout the episodes though it's like it's very annoying Not fun. Not it's, fun. Uh, yeah it's awful so i definitely won't be playing these games again <laughs> um i'll be play, replaying oh, right. four eventually <laughs> but not the episodes yeah. i just wanted to replay okay. them so i had like a recent memory of them you know uh, like and just so because i replay these games a lot and i'd like to have a good knowledge of it um but it's mm. yeah otherwise um yeah fight ballad gay tony has a lot of the same problems five does in my opinion um and yeah it's not um yeah not so ideal. yeah so that's that's my you know retrospective review of four i think is that i think four holds up pretty well the episodes don't and that's that's all I'm done. That's all I'm yeah. done with GTA 4. Finally, after 40 gotcha. hours or whatever. So I think I think uh, Steam tells me how much I've played. What's it? How's <laughs> it play? Yeah, so 45 hours apparently for all of that. Oh, so okay. yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's fair enough. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a good amount. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I don't even know how much I played of it back. I remember playing like it was a long game. I never played the DLC, but even the main game, I felt like, like it, it did the. Like you, they're definitely like kind of chapters. You know, you end this arc and then you move on to the next arc, and then yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was definitely, yeah. And mate, uh, my PS3 still has the original announcement trailer on it, downloaded to <laughs> it. Like that's how old, like that's how old. My yeah. PS3 is I think I, I have the on my PS3 I have the announcement trailer for DC Online remember that one? Oh my god because that, <laughs> that trailer is actually very cool it, it's very edgy 
now. Yeah. I don't think I like it as much, but it, it's yeah. a it's a cool announcement trailer. And then I also have the Fair trailer enough. for Prey Two. Remember that Blade Runnery, yeah, um, bounty hunter game that didn't yeah come that out? got cancelled, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. That I've wow. got. The, I remember that I have those two on my <laughs> PS3. Just living there. Wow. Well, on that note, <laughs> that's uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Double Jump Radio. Perhaps next week we'll maybe maybe I'll have watched that episode of Last of Us and and, and the second episode, and maybe I'll try. I'll, I'll let you know if if I end up watching it and and what the hell binge is like in twenty twenty three. Because I I think I I got it once, and it, I think I got it to watch Mayor of East Town. That was like twenty nineteen. Right. It's like it didn't have surround sound, and I'm like, this is ridiculous. Did he enjoy like, Mayor of Easttown? <laughs> yeah, that was a good show. But <laughs> I was yeah. just like, I'm just like, yeah, this this fake surround sound because I, I thought it was around, and I'm like, wait a minute, it's just it's just like this the the sound system just faking the surround by just put playing stereo, but just through all the speakers. I'm like, no wonder why it sounded off. Yeah, I was like, why well, why is it just it sounds echoey? And then yeah, then I realized that there's no actual surround sound. So we'll see. Maybe it's improved. We'll I remember uh, it didn't have subtitles yeah. at launch either. So maybe it'll also have those. Oh, man. Anyway, I'll just... <laughs> we'll see. Thanks so much, John. That was always a lot of fun. Happy New Year, everyone. Hopefully you've all uh, had a great, great Christmas New Year's break. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll be rolling out our annual Jumpies Awards posts. So oh, our yeah. our take on the game of the year over the next couple of weeks. So we look forward to seeing them on DoubleJump.co as well as on all of our social media. Um, but yeah, John, thank you so much again, man. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thanks. That was good. Good one. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, you know, this next week's going to be a, a good one. Maybe we'll get some more positive news coming through, which we really, really looking for. We're always yep. hoping for, but rarely. We're get always it. hoping. <laughs> yeah. But yes, uh, well, thanks so much, everyone, for listening. Head over to doublejump.co to support us. Um, you can also write to podcast at doublejump.co if you've got any questions you'd like us to read out and answer on the show or if you just want to give us some feedback we're always listening we're here for you and we we love every one of you who listens to us um, every week yeah until next time look out for one another peace see ya I didn't know that was a cat in here. <laughs> <laughs> Thought he ran out. <laughs>